0: Alright, guys, welcome to the show. This is um, episode number sixteen of Higher Frequencies um, Crystal Skulls, part three. Um, Today we have uh, another special guest on the skulls, so we can find out more truthful information about um, everything that's going on and all that fun stuff. And today's guest is Naina. Hendricks who has quite an experience with the crystal skulls just like uh, all of other guests have um, so you guys are welcome to our show and now I want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you
1: Okay. Um, I started my spiritual journey spontaneously and very traumatically in 1998 I was a corporate executive uh, Going around the country working with Fortune 50 and um, one sourcing, and I bought a book on meditation, and it led to a instantaneous kundalini awakening that was very traumatic for me. I had no background in metaphysics or spirituality, and my kundalini ignited when practicing these meditation techniques, and it actually knocked me unconscious. And when I, I awakened. I had this heightened sight that has never left me it It was very traumatic. I could see the different fields of energy, the platforms of consciousness um, I could see spiritual beings around everyone, and most importantly, I could see people's pain and their suffering and it was uh it was very traumatic for me to experience that if I looked into a person and I saw their pain and suffering I would actually begin feeling it so out of desperation I after months of this went out and was pretty confused and and not wanting to continue living with this heightened sensitivity and I heard very clearly you haven't been given the sight to see shadows you've been given the sight to see light and once that message came to me i shifted my perspective and view and i started using the site differently and the soul light of every person started exposing itself to me and i could see the underneath the pain the storm clouds and the suffering we all have this beautiful soul light inside of us and it's really the truth of who we are so for the last 20 years i've lived my life Devoted to helping people find and live from the soul light inside of them, and it's been just a, an amazing journey of helping people uncover their gifts and their purpose and, and the truth of who they they truly are inside.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: That's awesome thing to be able to help people with.
1: Yeah. Because that's
0: something we all struggle with finding out who we are. Mm -hmm. This is part of the journey.
1: It's, very it's not rewarding.
0: it's not a very easy one either
1: no it never ends <laughs> you can just uncover another layer another gift another aspect of the divinity. layers yeah
0: yep. yeah <clears throat> yeah we all uh we all seem to be moving down the same path of peeling the layers of the onion back to to learn ourselves um it seems to be the uh, universal energies these days is uh, for everybody to redo that which i guess that's in essence how we become conscious because mm-hmm. uh, obviously the journey within shows that you are connected to everything and everybody and so we're just kind of all reflections anyway yeah. and so um oops, so what kind of um kind of fun fun things have you discovered on your path
1: well i discovered that we're also we're all interconnected and that we all have the ability to come back to that place and to anchor and to be seated there and to live from that essence and you know after a couple years of doing this i realized that this is the greatest gift to be able to see not only into people's darkness but into their light And that's one of the things that I've really taken away is that we are the whole spectrum and we can't really deny any part of who we are because then we divide inside so there's a grace in learning to face and embrace that that you're all of it you know and then that dispels any kind of separation or judgment or anything like that so it's been a really rewarding journey and and I wouldn't change a thing I'm really grateful for the sight now. In the beginning, it was it was very challenging, but but now I'm accustomed to it, and I, I'm just extremely grateful for it.
0: I've read uh, well, here recently. Honestly, it seems that I've found more information about people who have like, kundalini awakenings and not uh, being ready for them, mm-hmm. and them having really bad consequences on their body, uh, their mental mind frame you know some people actually go in depression and disappear into mental homes and all kinds of things um, because sometimes they happen from the most random things like I've heard of uh, like people being in accidents Mm -hmm. and like a forceful awakening and not know what it is because you know I guess in essence you're raising your uh, frequency of your body and so the earth everything has been accumulating to these point in time as we've been gradually raising the frequency you know the pulse of the universe has been gradually increasing for everything to be vibrating higher to move into this new age of consciousness or or higher vibration and so you know there's stepping stones there, there's pieces um, just like the skulls are just one piece of um, the prophecy that comes from from all the religions and um, different indigenous tribes which is just really talking about the here and now and the new energies of the new earth that's coming mm-hmm. um, and you know the skulls and all this is just a piece of a beautiful puzzle of, of consciousness and the new earth
1: Yeah, I agree I, I feel like the puzzle pieces are coming together now in a bigger way than ever before, and and the bigger picture is finally being revealed, and that's why I was, uh, when you first contacted me and and wanted to do an interview, my, you know, my first response was no, I don't want to, interview on the on the crystal skulls because, that was a ten year cycle of my life, you know, that was really powerful and it was one big piece of my personal puzzle. But I felt like I have kind of gone on and put other pieces of the puzzle in place at this point. And it was kind of, to me, it felt like going backwards a little bit. Like, oh, I've I've done that. I've studied the Kabbalah. I've studied shamanism. I've studied Egyptian mysticism. And, you know, I'm on to other things. Do I want to go open that book again? But I just received such strong guidance from Max, the Crystal Skull, that I was supposed to do this, That, that here we are. And yeah. so... Thank you for, for reaching out and um, providing the opportunity because I think that this is a message that does need to get out to the people.
0: So you had your um, all these magical things happen um, and pushed you a certain way. Um, how did coming in contact or uh, the synchronization of... Um, the, uh, coming in contact with Max come about
1: how did Max come into my life so I'll, I'll tell I'll share how max came into my life I had had my spiritual awakening I had been guided that I'm supposed to use this new heightened sight and this ability to to see and to feel all the subtle frequencies to be in service to the planet humanity And so I was guided through this voice that I could hear very clearly. I know it now as my own soul voice to open up a center, a spiritual center in Safety Harbor, Florida. So I opened the center, and I had been running the center about a year and a half when my spiritual teacher at the time told me about Max and invited me to go and I declined because I, I didn't know anything about these crystal skulls and it felt like to me that it was just a little kind of voodoo, you know, strange stuff and, and I was already overwhelmed with seeing way too much and feeling way too much so I declined and she insisted and she said this is going to be a big part of your journey and you need to come and just trust me. So I went and it was a couple hours away from our house and we drove and as I got about a quarter mile from the property where Max was located, I was vibrating so much I felt like I was going to burst out of my skin. And I went in and I sat with him and, uh, you know, it, it's just the first sight of Max. It is kind of, it was shocking for me, you know, he's he's a big presence, big energy. And I sat in the chair and the lady left the room. and. and I immediately felt like I was supposed to put my third eye on his third eye and so I did and I just started feeling this exchange of energy waves and waves of energy coming through and I pulled away and I could see his two eyes there but they came together and then expanded as one big portal of energy and it literally sucked me through it and I was traveling through this wormhole in space and I remember just thinking, you know, where is this going to end? Where am I coming out? Where am I heading? And it just kept going, going, going. And then all of a sudden I came out and I was in an underground cavern, cavern an immense cavern, you know, 50 feet tall. I mean, it was just a gigantic cavern under the earth. And there was water flowing through the bottom of the cavern. And there were all these men and women gathered in these kind of opalescent gowns. And I have the knowing I'm in Atlantis. This is another era of Earth's history that is not existing right now. And I looked and the priests and priestesses were gathered and they were working with these crystal skulls. And I saw myself among them. And I also saw my teacher that had brought me there among them. And I gained all this information about how the skulls were created. You know, they weren't um the matter wasn't manipulated with hand tools or dremels or, or chisels. It was consciousness. Mm-hmm. And and when you raise your consciousness to a degree of unity, you have the ability to turn any solid object into a mutable object. You can become one with it. And it would form like soft clay for you. And, you know, this is how I've seen also the pyramids were created. We could we could get the The density of these gigantic stones to release their their weight you know and their their magnitude and we can lift them easily you know with consciousness so our consciousness is so powerful we are we we're very limited in what we perceive our consciousness capable of doing so I was in this Atlantean lifetime remembering being here and forming these skulls and and having them like computer computer databases we as the atlanteans wanted to preserve our technology our intelligence and the levels of consciousness that we had achieved as a species because we could perceive that the poles were getting ready to to flip and that there was going to be major earth changes and that this was a cyclical thing that they could predict that they knew was going to happen and they wanted to to preserve these things technology intelligence and consciousness uh, for when the poles leveled out again and life resumed with a new species at a new level of consciousness that it would sink and then we would have the opportunity to ascend again so we would descend and ascend through these cycles of shadow and light and so I I received all this in a lifetime and I knew that the the crystal skull was like a computer. Then I could also see that just like many of the most um, advanced cultures of our current era of history, like the Hopi or the Maya, they commune with the star elders and the star beings, and that this is not strange or weird for them it's a it's a, a light being species that exists in another planetary system and and they have information about the earth and they've been watching what the earth's been going through and they can guide you know and, and to me as i went on my journey and i i um i channeled for more and more people i saw all these different types of beings of light in people's energy fields from palladians Tarturians to their deceased grandmother to elemental beings. And so I was used to seeing this kind of stuff at this point by now, but when I saw, I'm still there in Atlantis and I'm watching the priests and priestesses form these skulls and program them with stuff, I saw that they were communing with the the Pleiadians and that um, beings from the Pleiades were really guiding this process. And that one of them Uh, came and embodied on the earth plane and instead of taking on the flesh and bones of a human body that would only have a 60 to 100 year life cycle it took on the form of this crystal skull and it connected itself to the crystal skull in a way I don't say it lives inside the crystal skull but it's it's connected through a matrix of energy that it governs the destiny of the skull and it didn't have to, again, take on a human body because then it, would, it wouldn't would have survived the earth changes and been able to, to govern the whole history. So Max, as I saw him in this first vision, was not a rock on a table. That was the computer system. Max, that I was seeing, was this beautiful illuminated star being that came into that priest and priestess circle and said, I will agree to to be a consciousness that is entwined with this rock, this crystal, which you know, we we use to to transfer and store information like microchips. Yeah. Um, and so as they were storing this, you know, they knew they were storing it for a future civilization. And if we you know put it in a, an Apple computer or something, how are they gonna access it, you know, <laughs> five thousand, ten thousand years from now. They could, and so they they chose the crystals very carefully. And then, what would tell a future civilization that this specific crystal rock is about you? You know, well, let's carve it into a face. Exactly. You know, so that they know it's about them. That there's information here about humanity. Yeah. You know, so I mean, the skull is a controversial symbol. You know, some people think it's evil or voodoo, but it's really us. What does it do? It's uh, the brain. It stores knowledge. It stores wisdom. You know. Yeah. It's it's. Um...
0: It's a it's the vessel, and mm-hmm. this is the vessel. Just...
1: Yeah. So it on that that one first time of meeting him, it dispelled all of my fear, or you know, my preconceived program notions about what a, a crystal skull would really be like, and I came back out of that lifetime. And I was sitting in the room with him again, and um, you know, this is the first time I had experienced anything like this. I was already experiencing enough of crazy stuff, and and um, and then before you know it, I was back in the room, and I was I was weeping, and there was part of me celebrating that I had kind of come home to myself. And then before you know it, the eyes did the same thing again. The two eyes became one, and then opened up into a portal, and I was back through that wormhole again back into the same lifetime but in this experience it was later in the in the in the lifetime where the earth was going through changes and there was major eruptions happening and you know it looked like explosions and you know all kinds of stuff and I watched as the priests and priestesses of Atlantis were taking different skulls and wrapping them in, in cloths and running towards boats and getting in the boats and going and they were going to take these skulls and bury them and hide them in different places on the planet to where they would surface right when humanity was at a place where they could vibrate and receive the gifts that these skulls carry so it was time for them to kind of be buried and let the earth changes pass and then they would surface when the mass collective consciousness was ready to receive And so that was in um, 2002 that I had that experience with Max. My awakening was in 99, so just a a few years later, and uh, I went out and I told my, my mentor teacher what I had seen, and that she was there too. I saw her as one of the, and she just smiled a big smile and nodded at me, and she said that she already knew, but that she had to let me discover it for myself and that's why she insisted that i come so i talked to joanne and i explained to her what had happened to me and that i felt the strong connection to max and we invited her to come to my center in safety harbor so she came just about six months later and she brought max and and i filled up a weekend of participants to come and sit with max and That first weekend people would go in the room, and while they were in the room with him I would hear and I would even start seeing visions of what was occurring between Max and the person that was in the room with him. And so I'm outside the room, you know, operating the center and checking people in and checking them out, but my multidimensional consciousness is in the room participating or receiving the information while I'm outside the room. So people would come out of the room and they would, you know, have been moved to tears or had different experiences, but they fully wouldn't, they wouldn't fully understand it. And so I would end up sitting down with them and saying, well, while you were in there, I saw visions of this, this, and this. And I heard these words and, you know, and, you know, Max was really working on your kidneys or Max was working on your third eye or all this stuff about this lifetime of Mary Magdalene was coming through. And there was a resonance in the people the people started looking forward to coming out and talking to me so that I could provide clarity on exactly what happened in the room with Max. And so after that first year, we decided, well, I'll just go in the room with them. And so that started a journey of 10 years of me traveling with Max and uh, Joanne. And a couple of years later, Spirit told me it was time for me to graduate from being the one running a center and to take what my ministry, my mission, and to begin traveling and sharing at other places. So as I went and developed relationships at other spiritual centers around the country, I would then introduce them to Max and say, you know, I, I also have this friend, beloved Joanne Parks, who um, has this very rare artifact. And I would set up the, so it got to the point after, 10 years later, I was doing 18 events a year With Max and Joanne and I was the only person that she ever allowed to do that with her to travel to other locations and the last two and a half to three years I did phone readings with Max and for me it was never necessary to have the crystal rock sitting on the table because Max is able to send out frequencies like a star being or an archangel or Mm -hmm. an ascended master like christ or the buddha he really exists on every realm of consciousness just like we do and it's great to set in the presence of the crystal because it does channel and exude energies in different ways but max from the very beginning came to me as a star being and that was who my relationship really was with was the star being consciousness so when i would do phone readings with him i would uh, You know she would have the rock in texas with her or you know somewhere else and i would still be able to do a phone reading because max would pop right in as the star being and give us everything that we needed you know and he'd activate people's dna and take them through light body initiations and it was it was a phenomenal cycle in my life 10 years where you know every weekend you get to go into the room for 20 minutes at a time, back to back to back, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and half a Sunday. So all these different people are coming from all different parts of the world to see this rare artifact, and I get to go in. So I would take people in for five minutes, let them sit down, and I'd say, you, you know, get your own energies cooking with Max and see what he has to say to you privately, personally. And I'll come back in in about five minutes and I'll be able to see what's happening. And then I'll be able to let Max, you know, share messages with you through me. So it was, it was just miraculous. I mean, these weekend events, a lot of times common themes would surface like um, people who never knew each other before would come from all parts of the world and they would show up here, you know, guided by all these weird circumstance to see this artifact and they would go in and I would, I would start channeling for them and they were, here to relive a past life as a mary magdalene priestess and before the weekend was over there was about eight of those you know and then on the saturday night event when we all gather there was an activation to the order of the rose or the magdalene priestesses well these kind of themes surfaced all the time maybe one weekend it would all be palladian people or turian people or people connected to different areas of history like atlantis or lemurian or egyptian priests and priestesses and are Mayan, you know. So these themes would surface through the weekend that would allow different people who were quote-unquote strangers before they met, you Mm -hmm, know, yeah, (laughs) outside the door of Max's room, you know, and then they'd all come together and they would weave their energy fields and the matrix that each person individually carries, kind of like a synchronistic numerology that would create a synergy of energy that would ripple out at a magnitude because it was a collective vibe and, and always it was devoted to the ascension process and it's
0: just stepping stones to where we are now. It was,
1: yeah.
0: It was just the beginning phases, uh, like the scouting of of what's come. To mm-hmm. <coughs> so all these uh, all these people. But he was still the skull was still spreading the frequency and raising the frequency of these these groups, like you said, interweaving. Yeah. It is still is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. Joanne.
1: A... Joanne was like a mom to me. You know, like she and I were very, very close. We had a lot of fun together. You know, she always commented, "You know, Nina, you make me laugh more than any other person that I spend time with." And I know she really looked forward. We'd always go out for Thai food uh, Saturday night after the event. We'd find the best Thai food restaurant, no matter what city we were in, and and so we had a very close relationship. And then. After 10 years, it, it, it was um, time for me to go on and do something different. And Max came to me and he said, you know, it's time for, for me to leave your life. And if I stay and you keep channeling me, uh, you're, you know, I was a successful channel medium before Max came into my life. And then I maintained my own practice parallel to my service with Max but it was consuming my life, you know, I would say 75, 80% of my life was evolved around being the voice of Max. And so he said, I was also hitting, you know, a glass ceiling, so to speak, because to channel him, I would reach up out of my body and connect with him in a dimension above where my body was. And then I bring that information down into my body to share it with people. And he said, the way you're positioning yourself by default, Your consciousness is beneath my consciousness and if you remove me you'll evolve to the degree that you see that you and I exist on every platform of consciousness all the way back to the omnipresence and you don't need me to reach up to the omnipresence and realize your own divinity so he said it's time for me to leave and you have your own torch to carry. And he showed me two paths and one was a cul-de-sac and the other one was a road that went on as far as the eye could see for infinity and the cul-de-sac he said this is the this is the path that you've walked with the crystal skulls and you know as far as crystal skulls go max is to me is like the elvis presley he's the, he's the rock star <laughs> of crystal skulls and they said and you have risen in your ability to channel him to The creme de la creme. You've been the premier channel. You've helped, you know, tons of people through him. So you've kind of achieved everything in this cul-de-sac. And, you know, as far as crystal skulls go, less than 3% of the world know about them. And out of that 3%, not everybody's pro-skull. You know, there's a lot of controversy and skepticism. Mm -hmm. People don't understand. A of disinformation, too. Yeah. And it was just like me. I didn't understand until I had my experience. And we fear what we don't understand, you know. Of course. And so he said, you know, that's this path. And a lot of people said, well, why don't you just keep channeling the consciousness of Max. It's the same know? thing as saying yeah. the cul-de-sac. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, well, it's still Max. You know, it's still connected mm-hmm. to a crystal skull. It's still... So the second path he showed me with the road that went on for eternity, he turned it into a golden path and he wrote the word soul on it. And he said, this is your path, Nina. You're here to show people their soul and to teach them that they have this golden essence inside of them and you don't need a skull to do that. And, you know... Everybody in the world, a lot more than 3% of the population, know that they have a soul and are looking for it. So you can help them find it without me. So it was bittersweet, and it, it, I did grieve a lot when it was time for him to leave. But my guidance was really clear that I had to completely... I, I never promoted myself. I never used it on a resume. I never... Um, told any story about my history it was meant that I
0: experience com- it.
1: I completely stop and turn in a different direction and go forward without carrying Max and it went to any degree with me so he stayed gone for over two years out of my life I never heard a peep from him and this was a spirit that I communed with on a daily basis <laughs> you know so so it was like losing a, a, div- a, a beloved yeah. you know like a, a lover or a beloved partner in your life And so my best friend in some ways. So, uh, But it catapulted me back, you know, when I had my awakening, my instantaneous awakening, and I was passed out. Spirit told me, and many times since then, that these five books would come through me in this lifetime. And when the fifth book was uh, complete, a team of people would come together to promote the books. And that I would never have to think about a title or a chapter, that each book would be channeled. And that they would be channeled in a very succinct, short amount of time. So as soon as Max left my life, that process started. And so that was five years ago. He left in 2013. It's 2018 now. And um, the fifth book has just started. uh, So
0: right after 2012. Yeah,
1: he left, yep. And November of 2013 is when he left. And... um, By January, I had repositioned my life, moved to California, and as soon as I settled in California and Humboldt County, the book started really pouring through me. And um, the people came in that I was supposed to be channeling with, and every one of them was just like they said. I I never knew when a book was going to start. I would just be on the phone doing a, a reading with someone over the telephone, and at the end of the Reading spirit would guide, you know, have this transcribed as chapter one of a book, you know, or I'd get very specific directions you're going to start today and every Thursday at 10 a.m. you're going to channel for this person for 15 weeks and then you'll have a 15-chapter book. Wow. So it's been miraculous. And the way the people have come into my life and who they are that and, and the content of these five books, they're all about the ascension process, the evolutionary process. And literally, we are becoming light beings again. Mm-hmm. And so the first book, they, they gave this great analogy, Imagine that you just burst into a butterfly and you had to go home and sit at Thanksgiving dinner at a table full of caterpillars How do you sit there with your big colorful wings at a table full of caterpillar beans and not feel? strange Mm -hmm. and and not feel like you're also boasting something to these caterpillars that are your family so the book gave that analogy and said every Thursday at 10 a.m. You're gonna channel another chapter well it ended on thanksgiving day at 10 a.m
0: huh. with
1: the final chapter and it was amazing and they said this is going to be a book on how to become the analogous butterfly and not offend or or you know to still be able to harmonize with the caterpillars in your life so that was the first one that came through it was called becoming light and each chapter was a, a download and everything So I have my own torch to bear, I have my own mission, and I have really honored Joanne and the conditions in which we split, and that I, so many different people over the years I saw trying to exploit her, trying to ride on Max's coattails, as she would say, and I wanted to really let her know that, you know, I was self-made, and I, I didn't. You know, I had my own thing going before I met Max, during Max and, and I had my own destiny after Max and I honor her so much and all the sacrifices she's made and a life of devotion that she's had to Max. We yeah. none of us would know him without Joanne yeah. Parks. So it her story
0: engulfs your your life you know there's nothing really like outside of it
1: yeah nick and that's why i've really been reluctant to to do the podcast or to even speak of it again because i'm right at the apex of this fifth book you know being created and stepping out onto a new platform myself of sharing these books and i didn't want to go backwards into the skull experience of my life but as soon as i received word that you would like to do this podcast Max should back up in my life again and he has been around me every day since and he's asking me to share this message and this vision that he he always shared with me when we were together people would often say you're the you're the obvious next keeper of Max you know <laughs> you're like a daughter to Joanne you're the only person she lets travel with her the only person she's ever let do phone readings with him you know she trusts you you're going to be the next keeper the next carrier and max and i had talked about it numerous times and and i knew that wasn't my destiny and i didn't want that destiny i want to bear my own torch and share my own message and ministry and so um but max did tell me what he wanted and that's the reason i really want to do this podcast because i feel like he is asking me to share that message and so i want to share (laughs) message in a way that just puts it out there and however people receive it or perceive it 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 doesn't you know it doesn't affect me or matter to me I'm just going to share the message and put it out there with no attachment to the outcome and absolutely no desire for personal gain and again the utmost respect for Joanne I think her story does need to be told and if i mean i heard that story every saturday night for 10 years you know 15 20 times a year you know so i know her story and it's it's a miraculous amazing story and i would be honored to help her in any way create a legacy you know for when she's gone that her flame and her torch continues to live on it does through all of us that she gave Access to Max, yeah. you know, uh, it does live on always but, connected. Yeah, you know, she's an amazing woman So the message that Max would like for me to share I think that that's the most important thing here And that's the purpose of why I'm doing this um, He always showed me that after Joanne He would not want to be owned or kept he does those words He says, you know, I don't want to be owned or kept. We're talking about two different things here We're talking about a rock in a box and we're talking about uh, uh, sentient beings, consciousness. And nobody wants to be owned or kept, right? Exactly. You know? And so he said um, that his next cycle of his journey would be to be supported and by a foundation and a committee of trustees. And that there's three things that are really important to Joanne. One is that um, her story is held in respect and gratitude and reverie which is important and then that um that her daughter that is still living has all the means that she needs to take care of herself after joanne is 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 gone and that her first daughter who the death of that daughter actually led joanne on this journey with max that that daughter be honored with some kind of foundation to the saint luke's It's either St. Luke's or St. Jude society, you know, for children. So Max had always told me those are the three things that are most important to Joanne and that he cherishes her and wants to make sure that she gets everything she wants because of how much she's given to him. And so, and then he said, and for him next, he would like to be placed in the highlands of North Carolina, the Appalachians. And he says these mountains specifically hold a frequency and and rock that allows him to amplify his vibe and to send it out through the mountain range which is the oldest mountain range on the planet that's right and it's a very feminine mountain range and with his masculine energy it couples perfectly and he said that if he was housed in the highlands of north carolina the mountain peaks that he could amplify his frequency and bring stability to the northern continent during the earth changes and he can also amplify the grid of the new earth from here in a specific way. And then he always showed me that this board of trustees were people that were dear to him. And he showed me this woman in in New York that he has this very powerful connection with and I believe her name is Jody and that she owns a center there and that Max works for her with her already. And then he showed me these men in Florida, these two men, and I i think I know who they are. I think I've met them through Joanne before, you know, and they're very dear to him and that he would like for them to be on this board or this, you know, committee of trustees. And then he always showed me these people in California, and I did not know them, and i I didn't even have an inkling as to who they are. And he said that these are the core people, and that he would be housed predominantly in North Carolina, but that he would visit these different people seasonally and work with them periodically throughout the year, but that he wouldn't be traveling weekend to weekend to all these different locations anymore. It was more important for him to spend elongated periods of time where the ley lines align. Anchoring. Yeah, and anchoring there. So it was North Carolina, Florida, New York, and California. And he said that those are the, the ley lines for him that he can work energetically. And he said he would be ushering humanity into a safe harbor as the storms pass. These storms are the the earth changes that he predicts. And he said that these places um, that he would be anchoring will be creating frequencies where humanity could come and go through their transformational experiences and then evolve, you know, with the planet with grace and ease. So he always showed me like a lighthouse on a rocky cliff, ushering humanity into a safe harbor, letting the storm pass, and then letting us come back out and rebuild, you know, it's and regroup. So that was his vision he shared with me for the whole 10 years. So when people would say, are you the next skull keeper? You know, are you the next carrier, of Max? I would say, no, you know, and I don't want to be, uh, but he has shown me. And so I would share the vision and I shared it with Joanne back then. And I don't think that that was the right time that she could fathom it. And I don't know if she's open to it now. I I haven't spoken to Joanne in five years and um, I haven't spoken to any of these people that I see in this vision. But I just feel, you know, Max has come around me every day since March 20th, the first day of the Spring Equinox Gateway, when I heard about you. So thank you, Nick, for playing your role so perfectly and giving me and Max the opportunity to share this message. Mm -hmm. And um, it happened right at the dawning of the, the new Spring Equinox Gateway of New Beginnings. So I think it's very powerful.
0: Um, on the on the way to interview Pam about Max, we'd done the episode with Christopher Timms the day before on another skull, and um, me and Alex was just recapping the night, you know, kind of mind blown about everything, and just um, recapping and talking about it and stuff, and I said, um, <coughs> I said it's time to remember the skulls, and. For like 20 minutes I couldn't like compose myself I was just overwhelmed with, with joy and emotion that I couldn't explain like all the way um, all the way there and so it's fun stuff
1: it's amazing <laughs> when you're in the flow and the synchronicities are happening like that and that's really how it's been since the 20th when I when I heard from you And then Max showed up immediately, and I hadn't seen him in such a long time. I mean, it it was overwhelming to me to see his spirit around me again. And he had this big Cheshire cat grin on his face, and he just kept telling me, you know, wait till you're through the three-day gateway of this equinox. It's going to be totally different what you're birthing. So it has been for me personally, because the fifth book has come and everything, and then just the synchronicities of... The people in the last two weeks who have come into my life that are bringing the crystal skull energy back in so you know i just want to share that vision and say that's what max has showed me his future holds and that there's a way to give joanne everything she needs to honor her completely and who she's been as this monumental role in max's journey she brought him from you know basically underground out to the the world and
0: it's a hard part to play
1: oh and she made a lot of sacrifices along the way and I saw a lot of a lot of people try to take advantage of her and luckily she has a really strong personality and she's no-nonsense and I think that's why she was the perfect person and her Max scripted it this way you know but I saw so many miracles in that ten years and now that he's back around me I can just All that's rushing back in and and this place where we're gathered here today to do the podcast in Black Mountain the UR Light Center we hosted Max here for seven or eight years of the ten years that I was with them and there was always just immense miracles every weekend and transformation that would just it would take me you know weeks of integration just to process everything that was happening in a max weekend so you know, I know people sit with him one time and have a, a bonded feeling like, you know, an old family member coming home. After 10 years, it's, you know, it's it's a powerful thing. So It's a great
0: spot for remembrance and uh, recalibration. Mm. Symbolic. Yeah.
1: Well, I would like to channel him again if you would like to... Um, hear what Max has to say, you know because I just want to reiterate that I just want to be a pure vessel, I want to put the message out there and let it do whatever it's supposed to do, and then I want to you know I want to divert my attention back to my torch and my mission and all these things are happening through me, and I don't want to get caught up in a a wave of of max energy that consumes my life again. But I feel obligated and, and honored that, you know, he shared this vision with me so many times that I believe it's what's going to happen, even if he changes hands in different ways initially, I believe that the Palladian star being that is governing the journey of the rock is going to orchestrate and coordinate the destiny so that it unfolds in this way eventually.
0: Exactly. Yeah. everything is written still would you like to do that separate
1: stop and start Mm -hmm. a new one yeah i think so so we can have just a is that easy
0: yeah um
1: do you have any questions for the that's
0: what i was thinking real quick um so yeah it's fun the re-remembrance um there's no telling what's what's to come next of more skulls or um, more remembrance. Um, I know here on higher frequencies, we will be trying to find out truth anywhere we go to uh, to learn new things to uh, help ush- help bring on the new frequencies of consciousness that we all have, so we can unite together. <coughs> well, um, we will wrap up this as. Um, part three of the Crystal Skulls and we definitely thank Nana and her awesome unique experience with the Crystal Skulls and I imagine we will have more <clears throat> more people who have their own unique um, stories that we'll bring to you guys um, and as soon as I have my initial meeting with Max I'll have my own story <laughs> that we'll talk about and um, so um, I'm glad you guys joined us and uh, thank you so much Naina for being on the show
1: thank you so much
0: and um, if you guys are interested in checking out what Max has to say to all you guys um, it will be up for you and you'll have to check it out so uh, thank you everyone for joining us today um, you can find us on, you find us on Facebook at Higher, Fre- Higher Frequencies NC, you can find us on um, YouTube at Higher Frequencies, you can check us out on the website at higherfrequencies5d.com, you can listen to the streams 24-7 now on higherfrequenciesradio.com, <coughs> um, And we will be back at you guys pretty soon. Peace, love, namaste.